0: Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Tyson Langelar If you don't know the name, you might want to get familiar with it. One of the best speed skaters in the country. He has four medals at the Canada Winter Games. Three of them are gold. He's from Winnipeg. I chat with him about his success. Also, our weekly MJHL spotlight shining on the rest of the season. The playoff push, it's coming down to the wire. Kim Davis, Commissioner, will visit the show and how are the Rough Riders doing in free agency? We'll talk to our friend Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post on the podcast. On the line with me is Tyson Langelar. He is a speed skater, long track speed skater, and he's having a great time in Red Deer. How are you tonight, Tyson?
1: I'm very good. yourself?
0: Doing well. Before we get to your medals, you just turned 20 a couple days ago. What was that like celebrating your 20th birthday at the Canada Winter Games?
1: Uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty special. Like The team made me a cake and everything. So it was, uh, it was pretty nice to just celebrate with the team and getting a medal on my birthday kind of topped it all off. But yeah, it was a good time.
0: Now, in the heat of the competition, how much cake can you actually eat?
1: <laughs> oh, I just I just had like one piece, so I had to I had to control myself.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've won four medals at the Canada Winter Games, three of them gold. What were your expectations for your performances going into the games?
1: Um, I had high expectations on myself. Um, I've been skating pretty good uh, the past few months, so coming in, I was I um, had a lot of confidence in my abilities. So. I, I was for sure aiming at a lot of medals. Uh, winning three gold so far is, um, has surpassed my expectations for sure. But, yeah, I was expecting to get some hardware, but it's been nice to get uh, mostly gold so far.
0: Now, you have one more race left, yes? Yeah, uh,
1: we're supposed to be done today, actually, but there's a reskate uh, for the mass start tomorrow, so we'll be racing that tomorrow morning.
0: Okay. I'm curious, training in a spot like Winnipeg where it's – Colder really than almost anywhere else you could train. You're outside, there's a lot of wind. Does that right. actually help you going to events like this?
1: Um, I think for sure it helps you, especially to going events that are held outdoors, because it just it's you train in the worst, so and like coming to Red Deer, it's like it might have been minus twenty five on the first day we raced, but compared to Winnipeg, that's uh that's not so bad. So um I think it just really just gets you ready for the worst conditions possible. So if they're a bit better than what you're used to, it's it's kind of a kind of a nice, uh, it's a bonus, I guess.
0: So you also skated at the 2015 Canada Winter Games. How different is it this time around? It's more of a veteran of the games.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot different for sure. Because last time I was 16 years old, not 20. So I think now, like um I'm, I'm one of the favorites. I think in most races. So I think. Knowing that I have a shot to reach the podium in most of my races, I think it um, it's a lot different than trying to be the underdog as a 16-year-old and try to get on the podium. So I think that's a big difference in my mind.
0: We're three years away from the next Olympic Games. Are they on your mind at all?
1: Uh, yeah, I think reaching the Olympic Games for most amateur athletes, are is that's the long-time future goal. So I think in 2022, it, if I train hard and continue um, progressing like I am, I think I can definitely maybe put myself in a position to possibly make it. So yeah, that's for sure on my mind.
0: Well, Tyson, we'll be keeping track of your progress through the rest of the winter games and uh, going forward towards the Olympics. Best of luck tomorrow in your final race and uh, congratulations again on your success so far.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. It means a lot.
0: We will stick with the MJHL as we welcome in Commissioner Kim Davis. Kim, how are you tonight?
2: Uh, Real good, Christian. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing well. How exciting is this time of year for you as we uh, ramp up towards the playoffs in the MJHL?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, v- very exciting. Uh, you know, there, there's, uh, as you mentioned, the playoffs are, uh, you know, roughly two and a half weeks away. Uh, and the and the other part too, uh, which is always an exciting time for me, is um, we're going to start um, uh, doing the presentations for the individual award winners this year. And that's always an exciting time. And uh, for me, I, I get a chance to See the the winners and the, the players that uh, that have outstanding years get their their individual accomplishments and awards recognized. So looking forward to that coming up in the next uh, within the next ten days as well.
0: So Portage right now atop the standings. Seven seven playoff spots have already been booked. Uh, the only one is the eighth seed Wayway right now with fifty three points. Winkler has 49, but Weiwei has played two fewer games, so they are in kind of the driver's seat for that eighth seed. Is you look at the playoff teams: Portis, Swan Valley, Steinbach, Verdon, Selkirk, Winnipeg, Dauphin. Is anything, if you look back to the start of the season, anything about that surprise you?
2: Uh, you know, it's always difficult to uh, you know to say for me because you know I, I'm not on the front lines with the with the players and, and what have you. And any any clues or hints I get from the from the teams. Uh, you know sometimes you take with a grain of salt but in in this case this year uh, you know i i really didn't uh, uh didn't see that that swan valley would be as as strong as they are and that's not any any disrespect to them it's just that you know i just you know they, they haven't typically been up in that in, in that level and and portage uh, they've got a very young team this year and i didn't really expect them to be at the top either but uh you know it is what it is and um uh you know we're we're certainly looking forward to um what looks to be uh, a number of great matchups uh, in, in once the playoffs
0: get underway. It's right, Juan Valley's assistant coach on the show last week, and we're right. already right now. They have seven games left. They've already had the second most points in a season that they've ever had. So it's really right. an outstanding accomplishment for this team.
2: Yeah, they, they've had just a tremendous year, and uh, uh, you know, and, and full marks to them. I mean, they've earned everything they've gotten, and uh, you know, they've got an exciting team. Uh, you know a high scoring team uh and and you know and some good goal tennies. so they got a lot of good got a lot of good parts and pieces to the to their team that uh you know uh i'm sure they're expecting to do a, a lot of a lot of things in the playoffs and uh, we'll see what happens with that
0: from your position when you see a team like that have a lot of lean years, but then they kind of start the wheels in motion, gearing up towards a season like this, and then it actually happens. How does that make you feel as the commissioner?
2: Well, you know, anytime, regardless of the team, anytime a team has success, it's, it's great for me once the season is complete. I, I know how hard they work um, and not, not just the, the players and the coaches, but everybody else uh, connected with the team that does so much work behind the scenes, uh, all the volunteers and supporters. Uh, so anytime they have success, I feel very, very good for them. And, uh, certainly that's the case with, with, uh, with this club and with really with all the clubs that are having a good year this year.
0: So once we get to the playoffs, is it, uh, best of seven quarterfinals, semifinals, finals?
2: Yes, they're all, all the playoff rounds are best of sevens. And, uh, March is a real busy month for me. I get out and see a lot of games, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, once the playoffs start on the 8th of March that uh, I I might go till the 15th uh, seeing a game every day for seven or eight days so uh and that's exciting I like that it's a, it's a good time of the year to to be watching hockey and getting out on the road
0: and the weather's generally not as bad in March so it's that, that helps true, yeah. so you're just going to be yeah. staying in uh staying in hotels then
2: well, it depends on where they are. If they're if they're close by, I I'll, I'll go out and come back for the game. But if they're further away, I'll I'll, I'll make an overnight stay for sure.
0: Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I'm I'm curious. There's been some stories in the news uh, lately, and this isn't necessarily the the high level that it is at the MJHL. But uh, parents getting unruly, getting out of hand in the stands. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced mm-hmm. anything like that at the in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League?
2: You know, uh, we have. Uh, you know, there, there's none that you know in, in the recent past that that I can recall. Uh, um, although, you know, we did have one incident this year, but uh, but prior to that, uh, and, and it was, you know, it wasn't uh, anything that that would have garnered any publicity or anything like that. But it was something that I that I was aware of, became aware of after the fact. Um, but generally speaking, uh, over the years, we haven't had a whole lot other than you know people people yelling you know i mean that sort of thing but we haven't had anything of the nature where where uh you know th- there might have been uh uh some physical contact but amongst uh amongst fans or 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 what have you but uh you know it, it it's it's a it's a sad state when when you see that sort of thing happening and uh, uh I, I i don't like it one bit uh you know people uh in just just in general i i would say uh, you know, people need to, to uh, particularly adults. You know, we're talking adult people need to have control of their of themselves and and their emotions. I mean, I, I just do do not get it uh, at all when that happens, and and there's no excuse for it. It doesn't matter. It, it, you know, it, it, there's just no excuse.
0: Well, and as just a, a human onlooker, I see people behaving yeah. so boorishly and you just shake your head and think it's not that simple or it's not that hard to be civil. It really isn't. No,
2: it's not. It's not at all. You know, I mean, uh, listen, we, we, we all, we all, you know, make mistakes too. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm all for giving people second chances and all that sort of thing too. But at the same time, you know, you, you got to think about the context in which you're, 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 you're that, that you're in, you know, uh, and, and Uh, you know there's a lot and 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 who's and who's watching and and uh you know whether it's being recorded i mean these sorts of things like should it should enter your mind these in you know in this day and age uh rather than you know i I think in some cases and and not to generalize but you know with people you know thinking that 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 what's what's taking place in front of them is about them and 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 um, you know, and that's not the case. It's not about, it's not about the, the, the parent. It's about the kid, uh, that's out on the ice playing in, 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 the, in, uh, the, in the case of a, of a minor hockey game, at least. Um, and, and I think some people l- lose sight of that, you know, I mean, uh, uh and, and if, if they, if they didn't lose sight of it, I, I think you'd, you probably wouldn't be hearing about these sorts of incidents that occur.
0: We're on the same page on this one, Kim. I appreciate your time as always uh, coming on the show.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. It's great, uh, great to do this again. Looking forward to the playoffs as we discussed. And uh, thanks a lot, uh, Christian.
0: Now, we're just over a week in a free agency in the CFL. So I figure it's high time to see how our neighbors to the immediate west are doing in... Regina. Experience Regina. Regina. Yes. Regina. Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post me now. Rob, going into free agency, what was your expectation of what the Rough Riders would do?
3: Pretty much everything they didn't do, if you look at the critical areas. Um, they had the worst passing attack in the league last year. They threw only 11 touchdown passes. Their quarterbacking was an issue last year. Their play calling was an issue. So they brought back the same offensive coordinator and they re-signed the same quarterback and they didn't significantly improve the receiving core to the point where there's the promise of more explosiveness. They've, they've done some nice jobs around that. They've signed William Powell, a very good running back, with Ottawa last few years. And and uh, they signed Micah Johnson, ter- tremendous defensive tackle. They made some other nice moves. But they didn't really zero in on the number one deficiency. And I think that could prove to be costly. I don't know how you, how you could not... Pay more attention to that, considering the liability that it was all of last season, and especially in the playoff game against Winnipeg. The lack of a lack of quarterbacking, lack of a passing offense, was the difference in a five-point game.
0: Did you get the feeling that they were either going Bo Levi or bust for the quarterback position?
3: That's pretty much what it came down to, Christian, and that was a real stretch, I think, for anybody because I think the suspicion all along that. It, was that Bo Levi would listen to offers from other teams, but basically use that to, as a means of increasing the the offer from the Stampeders. So the, the Toronto Argonauts offered what I think was reported to be worth eight hundred thousand dollars by the time the contract was over, and the Saskatchewan Roughriders offered seven hundred thousand dollars And ultimately, Bo Levi Mitchell went back to Calgary. And by the time he did, Trevor Harris was already off the boards, and Mike Riley going to BC was a foregone conclusion. After that big three you're basically sifting through the flotsam, and that's the situation the Riders found themselves in. But they made a really aggressive play for Bo Levi-Mitchell. They offered him more money than by far than they've ever offered for a player. But I think it was a long shot for to think that he would go anywhere else, and he didn't.
0: So looking at the receiving core, they bring back Roosevelt. They bring in Manny Arsenault, who's not getting any younger. Do you feel that that's, I guess you just said it, that's not going to cut it next year?
3: Unless they unless some younger players develop, unless they, you know, they've got Paul Jones, their assistant general manager, tremendous player personnel, man, and maybe he can find some, some gems that can come in and make instant contributions. Uh, you know, Manny Arsenault is 32 years old in September and it's coming off a torn ACL and likely won't begin the season. So that's, uh, I think you have to go into that thinking anything you get out of him is a bonus. Naaman Roosevelt's 31 years old. The Bombers had some interest in him as well, but uh you know, he was one of the receivers they had last year when the passing game was sputtering. I don't think he was the reason. I think he's closer to the solution than he is to the problem. But they need to build on having Neyman Roosevelt. And as it looks now, it doesn't seem that they've done that. They're going to need some younger players like Tyran Moore, uh, KD Cannon, some others to, to step up and, and really improve that passing attack because they were so reliant upon their defense for offense last year. They They scored as many touchdowns on, on, on defense as they did through the air last year. That's how bad it was.
0: Now you mentioned the defense, they get Micah Johnson, a great signing, but they lose Willie Jefferson to the blue bombers of all teams. Is that a wash? Are they better or worse for that?
3: I think they're a little better simply because of the scarcity of defensive tackles that can really make a difference. And when you look at defensive tackles who can rush the passer to the to the extent that Micah Johnson does, I think the degree of difficulty factors in there. Willie Jefferson is an amazing football player, and he was named the Rough Riders' most outstanding player last year. And Bombers fans know all about what he can do mm-hmm. to a to turn a game around. Just ask Matt Nichols. Yep. But Michael Johnson, playing an interior line position, had 14 sacks last year. And Willie Jefferson had, uh, had 10 playing an end, and the ends are typically the ones who rack up the gaudier sack totals. So I think there's a, perhaps a marginal improvement having Micah Johnson over Willie Jefferson, but Willie Jefferson could blow up a game by himself last year. He did that, did that to the Bombers. He did that to the Edmonton Eskimos late in the season as well. Just an amazing game-changer of a player.
0: So looking now at the teams in the West just over a week after free agency started, is it safe to say that the Riders are fifth right now?
3: I don't know how you can put them anywhere else unless you're a real wild-eyed optimist. And again, it goes back to quarterbacking. I don't think it's an oversimplification because if you look at the teams that win the Grey Cup, there's a correlation between having a top drawer quarterback and winning a Grey Cup and in most cases getting to a Grey Cup. And with, with the Rough Riders quarterbacking situation, with Zach Calaros being back, it's a, it's a huge ask for to think that he's suddenly going to ascend to the point where he was at in 2015 when he was hurt. And you look around that division, the Bombers, they don't have the marquee quarterback that, that Edmonton has and BC has and Calgary has necessarily and Matt Nichols, but what they do have, is quarterback quarterbacking depth that nobody can rival because they've they have Chris Stravler as well, and that that Nichols Stravler duel is is a tremendous asset. You look at BC Mike Riley, look at Edmonton Trevor Harris, look at Calgary Bo Levi Mitchell. I will point out the beast that Edmonton didn't make the playoffs last year having Mike Riley, so it's it's not guaranteed that the presence of an elite passer will vault you to the upper echelon. But what is Virtually guaranteed is without a player that you're not going to get to the upper echelon.
0: Now, one of the other topics that I think is going to really get hot again this season is the imbalance between the East and the West. It was already bad. A lot of people saying, can we just scrap the divisions? But seeing so many good players leave the East to go to the West, it was already stacked. Do you foresee that being a pretty big storyline going into this season?
3: I think a lot of people are going to talk about it. I don't think anything is going to be done. the The governors would have to vote for it, and I think the commissioner would have to be staunchly in support. And I haven't noticed that there's enough of a groundswell for that to happen. If the if the governors are voting for it, there's I think there's four eastern teams that are going to vote against it, and uh, so you just there's just not going to be a, enough of a, a margin to carry the day there. At, at, when you're voting so but these teams are disadvantaged too because they've got to play 10 of 18 games against the west it's it's not like uh, once upon a time where you east played mostly against the east and the west played mostly against the west so these teams if they're mediocre they don't get a chance to even bolster their record by playing other mediocre teams as often as they would the superior teams in the west one of the counterbalances has been though that the the east has generally done pretty well in the great cup even when there has been a disparity between
0: divisions, and no crossover team has ever gotten through.
3: Yeah, so there, there's that, but uh, it, it really year after year after year, and it, it, this goes back decades. It seems uh, the the league's power is tilted toward the West, at least in the regular season.
0: So February twentieth, I guess. Do we just? What what left is there to do from a CFL standpoint until training camp's open? Just look for these trickle down signings to happen.
3: Yeah, there's still there's still a few free agents out there that that might tap, and maybe there's some trades. Uh, maybe teams once they decide what the salary cap is going to be, and once the CBA is negotiated, maybe there's some. Some casualties of the cap once they decide once they see what the number is maybe it's not as much as the GM's envision so somebody a player or two might get squeezed out that way there's the there's the draft the CBA is the big issue obviously and where that's where that's going to go there's a big announcement coming tomorrow on where the 2020 20 Grey Cup is going to be and you know, Regina a Winif- uh, pardon me <laughs> Regina Hamilton and Montreal are the finalists there so that's something not a great I guess people in Winnipeg should be somewhat interested in that Regina is pretty accessible to yeah. uh, people from Manitoba if, if the 2020 Grey Cup is here.
0: Well, if you don't get the 2020, you'll get the 21, right? Because you've you got to have a Grey Cup in that new stadium.
3: You do. I, I think it's it's uh, there's two new stadiums in the equation the other one being Hamilton. And it's just a matter of which new stadium gets it first. Hamilton's been waiting a little longer. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if it went Hamilton and then they awarded 2021 to Saskatchewan at the same time, or it may, may work in reverse, but I'm not sure it's going to be a banner day for Montreal tomorrow, but I think the riders and Hamilton will come out of it. Okay.
0: Uh, well, Rob, I appreciate your time dropping in to give us some insight on what's going on in Ryderville. Obviously maybe not as great a first week of free agency as fans there may have hoped, but still, uh, I think the West is just going to eat itself this year. I think everybody can beat everybody.
3: Yeah, it's going to be really good. And Riders might not have a quarterback. I think they're going to have a very good defense again last this year. And they got, they managed to get 12 wins out of that formula. So and That's true. I don't, I don't envision 12 wins this year, but I think they'll be a competitive team. So All right. here's hoping for some fun.
0: Agreed. Thanks for your time, Rob. Thanks for yours, uh, Christian. Go Jets. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mel and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes. Not available on Google Podcasts. Not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts Yes.